Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. A few days ago, we had to rearrange our scheduling because of some movie acquirement conflict. Indeed. And in doing that... We came across today's movie. We were looking for Where Are the Children, which is a whole question mark kind of name. Yes. And and in a sense, this movie also fits with that. <laughs> it, yeah. Because today's movie is What Have You Done to Solange? Yes. Now, I want to be clear that MovieBot did not tell us to watch this movie. This no. is our first non-MovieBot day. It's our last day, so we're just breaking free of the chains. Right? It's Halloween. We can do whatever we want. Yes. Okay. This is a very special event for me <laughs> because I don't come across my own name in things. Like, you you are a Mike. I'm a Mike. Mikes are everywhere. Mikes are in all the books and the movies and the TV shows and everything, right? Too many Mikes. Mikey eats the life cereal. Like, they're everywhere. I have maybe come across two or three of my name in pop culture, entertainment media kinds of things. There is, of course, Solange Knowles, mm -hmm. who has made my life significantly easier by being famous. That was nice of her. It was very nice of her. And I remember at one point when I was maybe in my early 20s, I was reading a murder mystery and there was a Solange in that. <laughs> that was exciting. And now we're seeing a murder mystery with Solange. Right? Like it was, it was one of those like, what moments <laughs> as I turned the page and I was reading and there was my own name and it was mind blowing. And I thought, is this how everyone feels all nope, the time? it's not. I think, honestly, I think when I see people named Mike, I don't even acknowledge it. I don't recognize it as my name. I'm just like, yeah, there's a Mike. It's like, it's just that. It's just oh. like a word for person. Okay, so that's funny because as we were watching this movie, first of all, it took like two thirds of the movie to get yes. to the Solange. At first I was like, there isn't even a person named Solange in this movie. It was weird, yeah. So it took a long time. But when we finally did get there, it was weird to me because I didn't associate myself with that name whatsoever. Like, huh. I was just like that. Every time they would say it, I didn't have that moment of like, are they talking to me? <laughs> Which I expected to have. Yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, they're talking about that character. That's that's a character name. Hmm. So that was also a mind blowing moment for me. Wow. Way to separate yourself from society. So weird. <laughs> also, I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that this movie was made in 1972. Mm -hmm. That's six years before I was born. Yeah. So to be clear, it's not about you. No, it is not about me. Okay. I would like to be very clear <laughs> that this movie is not about me. But here's the thing. People always ask me where I got my name from. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous <laughs> thing to ask because I wasn't around when my name was picked. 
Makes sense. And the story I've always been told is this like vague thing of my mom saying, oh, I took French in high school Uh and I just liked the name, which I've always just, okay. Now I have questions. Does she watch Italian murder mysteries? Did she when she was like 16 years old? Possibly. Could be. I don't know what she was up to back then. Murdering people, maybe. I I don't think so, but now I have a question I need to ask her. All of that is to say that we watched a movie that had my name in it, and it was amazing to me to do that. Now, let's talk about the actual movie. (laughs) Yeah, Italian. Our only Italian movie of the month. It was Italian, but it was in English. Yes, and I looked at the trivia because I'd noticed this during the movie. It was true. The entire movie was done with Italian actors. I mean, probably not everybody, but most of them were Italian. Oh, they looked Italian. Yeah. They were speaking English, though, but they were doing it badly, and they had it dubbed over by people who speak English well. That's crazy. Isn't it, though? Double the actors. Why not just do it in Italian if you're going to have it dubbed (laughs) over? Well, I mean, if you're going to hire these actors to read the lines anyway, put them on camera. Right? Uh, yeah, that's that's wild. I'm I'm glad that you cleared that up because really, I was like, I, I can see that the mouths are saying the same thing as the words are saying mm-hmm. most of the time. Oh yeah. Every once in a while, I was it's like, but that's the, it was it doesn't match, and they often were just slightly out of sync. Yeah. And I'm like, how did this happen? What is happening it's all here? Dubbed. I also think it's amusing that they made a movie that these Italians decided to make a movie set in London about non-Italians. Like, specifically, one of the main characters was an Italian guy, and they mentioned that a thousand and a half times. (laughs) He really stood out as being Italian. Because nobody else was Italian, and yet they gave them all Italian names. All the characters have Italian surnames. They certainly don't have British surnames. I can't remember any of their names. Other than Enrico. So it it was so weird to me that like, it's possible that they were kind of generic names and they were like, these are just, you know, whatever. Or they looked up names in England or something, (laughs) but they did not, you know, it's like that Ford Prefect moment in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide where they picked the most popular names of the time, but it was off. (laughs) It's a little off, yeah. Well, it's also, besides having Solange in it, it's the first movie I can ever recall with a character named Herta in it. Herta. Well, because the Italian guy's wife was German. Mm -hmm. Which was a thing because he was passionate and she was cold. She was. A suspicious wife is a very boring character. That's what (laughs) Enrico said. He also said, how much of a lover can I be if you would rather watch the scenery? Yeah, he did. (laughs) Oh, those Italians. What have you done to Solange? Well. Is the story of this Italian gym teacher who apparently isn't paid enough to buy shirts. No. Well, he's Italian. He only wore like his tracksuit, but with no shirt underneath the (laughs) zip up. And with it zipped halfway down. Yeah. This Italian gym teacher in a fancy like Uh, religious high school, I think, although they kept calling it university. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand their system, but I distinctly heard that one of the girls was 18. And I think that was at the older end. Yes, and they described others of the girls as being 
minors. Yes. So, like, if they were college age, they weren't all college age. And to be clear, this is the kind of movie where that was important information for us to know. Very important information. (laughs) With the Italian women's gymnastics teacher around. Yeah. So the Italian teacher is having an affair with one of his students. What? Yeah. And and I would say that's like racist in some way, except that Italians wrote this movie. So <laughs> I good, don't know. That's a good point. I was going to say <laughs> I wasn't trying to be racist saying that that was important, <laughs> but I was going to point put it on, you know, 70s ideas of how to make a movie. But Italians made the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So anyway, he's having an affair with one of his students. It's suggested that he's perhaps had an affair with multiples of his students. Oh, definitely. It's like the worst kept secret on campus. Yes. Everybody knows. Yeah. And in the midst of that, the girl he's having an affair with sees that someone else is being murdered. There are these teenage girl murders happening. So the whole story becomes this, like, question of who is killing the girls and, you know, why can't they go to the police with what she saw? The answer is Herta, Herta, the German wife, would be too upset. (laughs) Except later she finds out and then everything is fine because she... She's told that the girl he was having an affair with was a virgin, so then it's totally okay that yeah, he was having so an affair. That was one of the weirder parts, was they made the discovery that she was a virgin, and I don't know, that felt like a really important piece of information, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Because it yeah. that didn't make sense. Uh, we had seen <laughs> them not having her be a virgin earlier. Yeah, but apparently they didn't go that far, because... No. She's a virgin, which is, I I don't understand the story anymore. Right? Well, so there's all of these assumptions about what these teenage girls are doing, right? Yes. And then it's throughout the whole movie, we're kind of like, all of these assumptions are taken apart. You know, oh, Liza is a virgin, so she's not actually doing the things we think she's doing with the gym teacher, although they are definitely in a relationship and he is being inappropriate. Yes. And then there's the, you know, there's the clique of girls who are friends, but who get very defensive when one suggests that they're friends, which is weird. But then you find out it's because they don't really want anybody knowing or thinking about them spending time together because they did something naughty together. They did. So it turns out this group of teenage girls, the real drama here is that this group of teenage girls, not that they're having an affair with the Italian gym teacher, but that they're having sex parties with boys their own age. Mm-hmm. So inappropriate and something no teenager has ever done before. <laughs> yes. But sometimes that leads to consequences. Exactly. So so there were consequences and they go to you know, like this single woman who lives nearby, Ruth Holden, who was the like maid or nurse or something yeah, one, of one of the girls. Yeah. When she was younger, they go to her house and she helps them take care of the natural consequences of having sex parties with boys. So basically, Solange has a back alley abortion. Yeah. Second one of the month. Yay. Yeah. But apparently, if you're bad at doing back alley abortions, you can drive the recipient insane. Yeah. I mean, I guess... She was just kind of fragile because the diagnosis they gave us 
when when we finally realize that Solange still exists and that you know yeah. she is like she's a simpleton now. She has infantile regression. Yes, she does. So whatever the trauma, the guilt, the whatever around this decision that she made has reverted her back to like toddler age behavior, basically. Yeah, which kind of reminded me of Annie in the uh, Christmas episode of Community. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the finger on the lip, and yeah. So anyway, we find out that her dad found out why this regression happened and was seeking revenge on all the girls who had been a part of it. And that he was going around murdering them very graphically yeah, and symbolically because of what had happened to Solange. He sure was. He was like, what have you done to Solange? Exactly. So, okay, it's a pretty horrific storyline. It kind of is, yeah. I was shocked that they went there in terms of how these girls were killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, like, Europeans are less... They're less repressed around around all things sexual. So, like, the sex scenes are more sex. Oh, Even when is... they're not even having sex, apparently. I mean, this isn't just Europe. This is 70s. So, it had a whole <laughs> 70s thing going on. That's true. Like, there were so many absolutely unnecessary and pointless naked scenes in this movie yes <laughs> like like randomly our hero enrico is going and interviewing some guy to because he's like being an amateur detective trying to solve this thing he's talking to the guy and the guy is a photographer who's shooting a nude model in the process and first of all the shoot's not happening and he's like, we'll just talk first. And he's like, no, no, let me do this shoot while we talk. And just that's what we're going to be watching. Yeah. And multiple shower scenes and just crazy. Okay, that was one of the parts where I'm like, I have been in women's locker rooms. <laughs> I was a girl in high school. I had to change in the locker room after gym every yep. single day. That is not how our locker room ever was. <laughs> Never. Well, there was a bit... With that, they showed, like, the girls walking around the locker room, hee-hee, snapping towels and all. And so we're looking at that, you know, and obviously this is in the movie for prurient interest. Like, right. that's the whole reason it's happening. Salaciousness is the word. But the camera pans over to a peephole in the wall, and we see that someone's peeping at the girls. And I had this thought that, like, we're supposed to think that guy's a dirty old man for looking through this peephole. <laughs> But they're making us do it, too. Right. Also, that didn't play any role in the actual movie. I mean, None. the only thing it did was set up that later we got another scene of the locker room. Yes, we did. From the peephole perspective for like three minutes <laughs> yeah. of just staring through the peephole as naked girls paraded back and forth. And then we see who's peeping. But why? Why? Nothing happened. No, it was just... He had nothing to do with yeah. anything. Well, what he did was he refused to tell the guy who talked to him where <laughs> some building was. Right. Can, well, it was, it was, can you tell me where the Form 2 girls are? And he was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Guilty much? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was completely unrealistic, unnecessary, and just that they had some time that they wanted to spend looking at naked ladies. Which... Yeah. 
I mean, uh, you know, again, it's the lack of repression. Like, it wasn't bad. It, I mean, it I mean, was it fine. Was, but the thing is that the scenes didn't have any purpose. They right. were only there to look at naked ladies. So it was like, we know what you're doing here. This, <laughs> you're not telling us a story. Yeah, it, it was like watching the French movies earlier where the monster in Martyrs was completely naked in the French version through the whole movie. And that that, that was just a thing. Like, yeah. it wasn't sexy or anything. Definitely not. It was just a thing. But in the English version, the monster yeah. had to be clothed. Yeah. That seemed more appropriate. Like, this was just straight up, let's just look at this kind of a thing. I mean, here's the thing, though. I think in America, when you're making movies... There's all these rules. There's like, yeah. if you say, you know, whichever various, you can say such and such swear words this many times, yeah. you know, in order to get which rating you want, you have to like count certain things. And I'm sure nudity is oh, yeah. part of that. Like how much, yeah. you know, how many f- frames have butt cheek and <laughs> side boob and, you know, whatever. You have to count all that stuff. And that's not a thing in European movies, I assume. I don't know. Which then, or at least wasn't in the 70s. Nothing was in the <laughs> 70s. In which case, they're like, why not put some pretty naked ladies in it? I mean, and I can't argue with that. I mean... I mean, it's true, but it's also like, like, we know what you're doing. And yeah. don't show me the peephole and be like, this guy's real creepy, right. isn't he? Right? This is all very important to the plot. <laughs> yeah. I guess my main question about this movie is, how do you feel about the mystery of it? Like, do you feel like it was a mystery? Did you understand what the questions were? <laughs> And then did you understand what the answers were? There were definitely parts I had a hard time following, like where it was going. And part of it, you know, like you mentioned, Solange doesn't appear until two thirds of the way through, which means that there are just big parts of it where we just don't know stuff. And then later we're told, which I guess you have to do that in a mystery. The whole point is you're learning things as you go. I mean, it sort of worked. There were pieces of information that came together and explained you know, what we had seen. But also, did they explain it well? It didn't feel like they did, but I can't point out anything that's really broken about it. I think the main broken thing is what you just said. There are too many things that in the answer piece that just pop up in the last third of the movie that had nothing to do with what's going on in the first two thirds. We couldn't have known that Solange existed. It could have been like... Early on, the first girl gets murdered and they could have been like, oh my God, that's like Solange. Where did she ever go? She disappeared. We haven't seen her since, yeah. you know, and they're, shh, don't talk about, you know. Yeah. It could have been a thing. That makes sense. Yeah. But she literally didn't exist in this movie until, until suddenly she did. random guy was like, well, this is like what happened to Solange. Right. <laughs> and he's like, who's that? Right. Also, these girls were all you know, keeping this horrific secret about what they had participated in in and what happened to Solange. But Liza's favorite song <laughs> is a song that included the name Solange in it. I think not. Okay, that was a song from the movie's soundtrack. It, classic Ennio Morricone, I think, soundtrack. Guy does these movies and all of this music and... I think he just made this song for this movie. And so it was called, like, What Have You Done to Solange or something like that. No, I get that. But also, 
as part of this story. Yeah. Like, the Italian guy plays it over the phone for her, and she's like, where are you? I must come to you now. <laughs> yes. Like, it's the song that gets her hot. And I'm like, that seems weird, yeah, given a little messed what up, we've yeah. learned. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting twist. So, like, there's just too many things that aren't built into it, and then it's just like, ah, but you didn't know... You fool, how could you not figure it out that this person you didn't know existed had something to do with the solution to this question? But they made it feel... There were bits in there that really made it feel like you were getting somewhere. Like when... uh, There's no reason for this. It doesn't make sense. But Elizabeth has this dream where she remembers things from the murder she witnessed, barely witnessed. And she's like, oh, it was a guy in a priest's habit. And so that becomes a major focus of the investigation. Every single time it was said this way, it was a guy (laughs) in a long black habit. It was someone in a long black habit. In other words, a priest. (laughs) Like they had to, they had to like lead us down that path. Like we couldn't figure out what they were talking about. And then every time I'm like, that's an assumption. Mm -hmm. Long black habit, sure. But somebody who looked like a priest, yeah. who wanted to look like a priest, if it was an actual priest, they would have not worn their long black habit that they wore every <laughs> day of their lives. Yeah, the, I mean, there were bits and pieces. I did like the whole Solange's father piece where, you know, at first he just seems like the heartbroken dad and mm-hmm. he's, you know, such a good dad. He's taking care of his infantilely regressed daughter. <laughs> and, you know, he's so afraid when she disappears and this and that, you know. He did a really good job of playing this role. And then we find out that that is, in fact, just a role that he's playing. And I liked that part of it. That seemed to unfold nicely. But there were so many other parts that just were so yeah. clumsy. What about the pins? What about the pins? Like, they found little, like, sewing pins, little green pins Yeah, like somewhere. stick pins. Like, was it at the murder, I guess? They, they found them. And then later on, the cop discovered that they were what this group of girls would wear in their, pinned through their lapel. And it was like, why? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I felt like that reveal, that whole piece, they tried to have it come up earlier, and then they revealed mm-hmm. the explanation of it, but they did it all very clumsily. Yeah. I feel like that could have been much neater. And I use those pins in my crafting <laughs> a lot. Those things hurt when they stab yeah, you. They and do. there's no way to cover the ends. They're just straight pins. And if you had that in your shirt, anytime you moved in any kind of way, like, you know, you'd reach over to grab something or whatever, you'd be stabbing yourself repeatedly. Like, no girls would use straight pins t- but pinned into their shirts. it reminds them of what they've been through. Use a safety pin. <laughs> Ugh. I liked how the movie began with this idea that Enrico was having an affair with this girl when she witnessed the murder. And so because of that, he like couldn't come forward and say, hey, we know something here. And that put suspicion on him. And so it was complicated because of that. That was a nice system mm-hmm. that kind of fell apart because it took the cops like two seconds to be like, oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> they didn't really suspect him much at all. And then when it, you know, the cops came and talked to him, his wife was listening from yeah. the other room. And so she heard everything anyway. And then she didn't even care. 
I mean, she, I mean, she kind of cared. I, she cared, but it was. But then she found out okay. that he hadn't actually had sex with her; had just been making out intensely <laughs> with her. And she yeah. was like, "Oh, everything is fine. Let's go have a picnic." Yeah, there was a whole bit where she was like desperate for him. She was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, don't leave me! I love you so much, even though I'm German and have no feelings." And it Italians was weird. Wrote this movie. Yeah. It was really weird how she was so, I mean, it was, I guess it was kind of one of those gaslighty relationships where, you know, he's put her in this place where she feels like she needs him. I mean, it feels like it was written by men who think that way. Like, oh, well, no matter what I did, my woman would never leave me because she loves me too much. I'm, t- you know, I'm that good I'm a lover, etc. Yeah, the I kind am a where much... you wouldn't go look at the scenery. Exactly. I am such a good lover that the person I'm with would not be looking at the scenery or the murder happening on the other side of the river. <laughs> yeah, she would totally forget a murder is going on right nearby. And just all those other things, too. Like, it just, it just had a, like, this movie was written by Lech's kind of feel to oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I am not saying... Italians are leches. I'm saying people in the 1970s were, were <laughs> yes, leches. Everybody in the 70s. <laughs> that's the truth. Um, no, it just, it feels that like sort of male sexual entitlement, I guess I would well, call it. Yes. Okay. This guy is the gym teacher for these girls. The staff, the like headmaster and whatnot, they find out that he's been having affairs with at least one of the girls, but I'm pretty sure several, and they knew this. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you know, that's a shame. That's how that goes. You be careful. He's not getting fired. He's not even getting a talking to. He's not even like, hey, knock it off. No. And the real bad guys in this movie were these teenage girls who dared to go have a back alley abortion. Mm -hmm. Because the culture they were in demanded it. And also... They tried to say at the end that this Solange character got pregnant because she was participating in all these sex parties with boys her own age. Yeah. But the very last bit of the movie is simpleton post-back-alley abortion Solange Mm -hmm. having finally helped them catch her father who was doing all these murders and then like making cow eyes at Enrico. What woman could resist, though? I mean, it definitely put in my mind that the reason she needed this back alley medical attention was that she had been previously having an affair with her gym teacher. But not Enrico, because Enrico had no idea who she was. Oh, fine. He was lying. Different gym teacher, because she went to a different school. Oh, yeah, she did go to a different school. Okay. But, I mean, it's all the gym teachers, and they're all Italian. <laughs> that wasn't me being racist. That was the movie. <laughs> that was funny. When, at the beginning, after the murder, they're having a staff meeting at the school, you know, to talk about, hey, this girl got murdered. We're going to have to talk to everybody about this. And they're like, well, all the teachers are here, including the teacher of gymnastics classes. And it was real insulting. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he's like, and Italian classes. <laughs> that was pretty good. That actually played a, a role in this story because somehow they figured out that it had to be someone in Solange's house because she 
had never made it to Form 2, and yet there was a Form yeah. 2 Italian book in her house or something like that. I don't Which know. Which he bashed down the door to get. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah. It was confusing. All of the teachers were there, and there were like eight people in the room. <laughs> yes. It's not a big school. It is not a big school. And like half of them were priests. So when Liza finally decides, like she decides she's not keeping this secret anymore. She's had the dream that reveals to her that it's someone in a long black habit. And they have her come in to another staff meeting and like, you might as well tell everyone at once. And she's like saying, oh, I saw someone doing the murder and it was someone wearing a long black habit. And she's like looking around the room (laughs) and and we're like, the camera pans around all the different teachers and like half of them are priests (laughs) glaring at her. And I'm like, why are you having her give this information in front of the main suspects? Yeah. It was At least she's safe because there's lots of people there. I mean, that's helpful. I mean, until a few hours later when she got drowned in the bathtub. Yeah, that really happened to her. Yeah. Ratings. As excited as I was to watch a movie <laughs> with my own name in it, mm-hmm. I felt very disappointed by this story. Yeah. It felt disjointed, partly because it's from the 70s, and the 70s are officially another <laughs> time period. Oh, yeah. So there were just weirdness. Like the inspector is going to all the crime scenes smoking on his pipe. I'm like, you're <laughs> contaminating everything, sir. Like, yeah. what are you doing? There there were just a lot of things like that where it was just a different world in the 70s. But, but the story was janky. I liked the plot. Like, I'm here for the story. But mm-hmm. the way it was told yeah. let me down. A lot. And yeah, I I feel like that disappointment means that I'm going to give What Have You Done to Solange two carousels out of five. I mean, it's it's entertaining if you want to watch a movie from the 70s. Yeah. But if you want to watch a mystery from the 70s, let me recommend to you the very early episodes of Columbo. All the same, like, weird wallpaper, people dressed in odd ways, and mm-hmm. people smoking at crime scenes. Yeah. All of that's going on. Wild and crazy music. Oh, so crazy. Um, but the stories in Columbo are much better. This this was no Columbo. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I mean, it, it was not the most well-crafted mystery. No. And it feels like there's an entire, I guess this is a genre called giallo which is italian for yellow okay they use that word to mean basically murder mystery and there's a just dozens if not hundreds or more i don't know of these movies that it's giallo pictures people like to see it's like spaghetti westerns and stuff like yeah that. except it's spaghetti murders yeah and there's a lot of like really famous ones and stuff i don't think this is at the top of the list but it's kind of a it's got tropes to it. And like mm-hmm. I saw mention of how this fits right in with the a guy who's an amateur detective. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's not a detective, but he's doing the process. Because it's not the inspector. It's the the Italian gym teacher is the guy trying yeah. to solve the mur- mystery. So it's that's a key component. And then the, I don't know, the, the weird music that Ennio Morricone, he does mm-hmm. music for lots of these movies. And the, you know, goriness and sexually exploitative and all of these kind of things there's like 
tropes and style to how this is done. So this is definitely, you know, in that wheelhouse, and maybe it's a great example of it. I don't know. I don't think it's my wheelhouse. I could see people, like, deciding that this was a genre that they like, mm-hmm. right? Like, that there were things that they, you know, it becomes comfortable to them because yeah. they're like, oh, there's this, and now there's that, and all of this stuff makes Who's sense. Who's going to be the amateur detective this time? Right. You know, sort of like me watching Sherlock Holmes stories or, mm-hmm. you know, I can see that being a thing, but it's it's not a subgenre that I have bonded with. Me neither. I think this is my first time officially watching such a thing, so it's new to me and it's not really to my taste per se. For me, I want to give this movie also two carousels out of five copycat i'm sorry i was gonna say two and a half but i just i can't explain why so i think it's There's, going with the two it just doesn't earn that extra half point no it, it belongs where it is because it's there's nothing great about it it's not terrible it's not like a trash movie but it's really not good yeah i mean i think it probably also suffers from being almost 50 years old definitely you know well, it's I, it's not that it's too long it's that it's that window right there, the 70s, because we've seen the 60s and before, and they're much better. The 70s was just a long national nightmare. <laughs> International, apparently. International nightmare. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, then let's talk about the evil twins. Because if we're going to watch a movie with my name in it... Well, what else can we do? Obviously, we have to watch a movie with your name in it. You mean like The Possession of Michael King from 2014? Exactly. I mean, this was a good movie for you to choose for your name, you know, to represent yes. you because it had a possession in it. It was found footage. Found footage. That always makes you happy. It so does. And I liked that The Possession was not a teenage girl who was deemed to be possessed because she didn't do what her elders told her to do, Mm -hmm. but was instead a man who set about to prove and or disprove the existence of all things supernatural, basically. Yeah, by getting himself possessed. And yeah, so it it was like an intentional thing. It's interesting when you make that connection that it's, you know, not the girl... Is it because he's a man, he had to go seek out getting possessed because it's not going to happen to him? I mean, I was going to (laughs) say earlier, like, let's take this too seriously. Yeah, seems to me like the girls are always possessed because how dare you not do exactly what we tell you to Mm -hmm. do? You wear short skirts. You clearly have a demon in you. Yeah. But when a man gets possessed, it's because he was brave and he went out and <laughs> sought out the demons. It's like, well, brave slash stupid, but that all makes sense to me. I mean, he basically put out a Craigslist ad and ended up doing drugs with strangers. Yeah, it got pretty wild. Of course you're going to end up possessed. So as a found footage film, what are your thoughts on this one? Interesting difference from your standard found footage. This one made very little effort to make the found footage-ness legit. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a normal movie. Like this guy had cameras set up everywhere and they didn't have the traditional scene of him installing all the cameras and testing them. They just, they were there. And it would 
cut to different angles and stuff, but they were all officially legitimate. Like there were cameras there for one reason or another, but also it was a lot of really nice camera angles and Mm -hmm. very steady cameras and stuff. So it was barely found footage. And I'm not sure there was any reason for it to be found footage. It just was. That's often the case with found footage films. Sure. Okay. So then as a possession film, what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Boy, oh boy. I wanted to like the possession situation in this movie, but it's somehow, I mean, it really went far. Like they had some really kind of major, you know, paranormal events happening, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like I was just getting bored watching this guy mumble to himself for the whole movie. You know, Mm -hmm. even though it did go to more extreme places, it was like, I don't know if it wasn't enough, but it seemed like it actually, I can think of a lot of those kind of things. It just somehow the pacing of it or the structure, it just seemed kind of blah how he just went through this whole movie being possessed. What did you think? Well, to be completely honest. Uh Uh-oh. Remember, this is about Michael. (laughs) I know. I feel bad. But I have had a headache all day. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to avoid looking at screens too much. So I wasn't like watching this movie so much as I was listening to it while I was painting in the other room. Yeah. So if I had to take a test on this movie, I would fail the test. <laughs> That's all I right. don't it's actually know what happened. It's the evil twin. You don't have to know. And I feel like I definitely was listening and paying attention, but also I don't think I retained any of it. And <laughs> I almost feel bad trying to rate it because of that because i i it didn't engage me enough for me to really care what was going on at any at any point i kind of felt that too but i feel like it's hard for me to explain why because it seems like it had all the stuff i was looking for it just didn't click yeah so i mean i almost have zero things to say about it except that it didn't engage me like yeah i just didn't care about this guy I didn't really care about his daughter. Like, I was a little concerned about his daughter. Not so much that I actually paid attention to what was going on. So, yeah, I feel like that's that means something. Probably. Now, this movie started out... I was into it at first for the first 20 minutes. Like, felt like it was working out. And it felt like, you know, a reasonably expensive quality Hollywood production. But by the end of the movie, it felt completely different. It felt Mm. like the cheapest asylum knockoff garbage. And I don't even know how they did that. Do you think they ran out of funding partway through? (laughs) Maybe. This movie features a scene that I have to mention. I've never seen anything like this before. Not even in the cheap asylum movies. Somebody gets cut with a knife the knife is being run across their skin. And, you know, when they do those kind of scenes in most movies or some movies anyway, they use like a fake knife where as you drag it across your skin, blood comes out. And it It squirts out of the tip of the knife. So it leaves a trail behind. It's like making a line of blood. Yeah. In this movie, it was like coming out above his skin, shooting out onto him. So it was like an inch away from the knife and you could just see it pouring out. Yeah. It could not have looked less like he was being cut. And I don't know how they released this movie like that. Right. Like, how did he, A, not know how to use the prop knife that they gave him? Yeah. Like, practice a couple times. Sure. And B, why didn't they do that scene over again when they, they were like, no, dude, that is not it. Let's, it's just squirting okay, ketchup hold it on like yourself. This. Let's back to one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes me wonder how many times they had 
they tried to teach him how to use that yeah. knife and he just wasn't getting it. Probably. And what's funny is in that scene, you know, all the cutting is happening and it's just, you know, a smear of ketchup all over him because <laughs> that's what it is. And then, like, in the next scene, it's this really high-end quality uh-huh. makeup slicing of his body. Right, right. <laughs> like, that's not what we just saw. No. I don't know. So, I think I am going to opt out of actually scoring oh, this one. I'm going to have to come up with it myself? Yeah, I'm sorry. So, for me, it wasn't that bad because it was the kind of stuff I want to see, but it really wasn't good, and it like went downhill as it went along to the point where I'm I think it actually was a very cheap movie and they just did a really good job at the beginning and then and they started rushing in I was thrown <laughs> off by my favorite daytime hooker being in the beginning of the movie too so I don't know I'm going to say it's not a good movie and just like Solange mm-hmm. I think Michael is going to get two army ants out of 5 okay I mean, all in all, this was a fun way to end doing this pairing with our names. Like, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Good. I was sadly disappointed by both (laughs) of these movies. Yeah, me too. Which is unfortunate. I I wish we could have seen the, the pairing we intended. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. So that is a wrap on this month. 2021 is 2020 done. It is. That's a classic term. That that was very good. Thank that you. That's very good. We need to save that for New Year's Eve. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this episode is coming out on Halloween. You will, of course, be watching a number of horror movies on Halloween, right? Or or no? Have we finally found the maximum horror movie capacity for Mike's brain? It's somewhere around 64. Are you maxed out? Well, as of this recording, it is only October 6th. Yeah. I've got 25 days to recuperate and get ready. (laughs) Right now, my neck is killing me. I would not be able to sit on the couch and watch movies for any length of time. But every time we watch a movie on Tubi or Shudder, when it ends, it's like, watch this next. And it's got like three things down there and they all look amazing. What's fun... For me, like, I even went, I I wanted to take a nap today because headache. And I'm like, let's see what's on the Shutter channels because the Shutter app just has like these three channels where you don't get to pick. You just, I mean, you can pick movies, but you can also just turn on the, the one channel and be like, what's playing on this channel? One of the... They used to call that TV, Zoli. Right? <laughs> and here I'm like, it's so novel. <laughs> it's just picking for it's me. so kitsch. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the three channels today during my nap time was something about the ghoul log or whatever. It was uh, just yeah. a pumpkin with a candle in it yeah, that was just going to be on the screen for an hour and a half. I almost napped to that. That is pretty good for napping. Um, I, I didn't because I wanted something talking in the background. Uh, so I watched a Stephen King movie, but voluntary horror. I know, I know. I'm like I've been I've been like complaining about how many movies we're watching, and then here I am during my nap time putting on Shutter because it's only going to be around for a little while longer. Yeah, Shutter is a special event. It's like pumpkin spice, right? All right, so it's possible that Mike is watching 
horror movies today as you're listening to this. It's also possible that he will never watch another horror movie again because he's watched too many of them this month. That's not possible. That one wasn't in the possibilities. I was hoping. (laughs) No, you weren't. This is your favorite podcast. Well, it's been fun. It has been so fun. It's been scary? Nope. Not even a little bit. Not that I can think of. (laughs) Um, But it has been somewhat traumatizing. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Uh, We will see you all back here next year. 2022. Some new trick is going to happen. It's going to be even more fun. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to (laughs) be let's watch two movies a day. Yeah, I'm with you on that, actually. It was too much. It was too much. All right. We'll see you all next year. Have a good holiday. Happy Halloween. That's upsetting and I'm not even listening to it through the microphone.